0: It's great to have you with us from wherever you're tuning in from. For more information about Elevate Church or to contact us, head to our website elevatechurch.me and take us wherever you go by downloading our Elevate Church AU app. We hope this message inspires and helps you to take your next steps in your journey.
1: Love it and good to be with you. It's a real honour to uh, be with you, especially today as we... Draw this uh, four-week series to a close. I think we've had a couple of longer series. I thought yeah. Mark was very, yeah. yeah, he did. What was it? Eight, S- eight weeks. Yeah. Then I think there was one that was going to be four weeks. He's like, yeah, let's make that two. Which is, I love the you know descent. It's just not working as I thought it would be. So that's great leadership. Look, let's yeah. make it shorter. But this is so good to be able to be a church, and you are a church. This is one thing I've noticed about this. You are a church that can look at issues, um, like whether it's mental health or issues to do with pain, brokenness. And we, we I should use the word we, not just you, but you know, we, we talk about it very freely. It's not like, oh dear, we're going to do something really heavy for a couple of weeks. We're going to look at mental health. Uh, we just do it very naturally, yeah. but I'm glad we don't do it every week. Uh, because if you spent every week looking at pain and brokenness and mental health if you didn't have mental health issues when the series began by the end of the year you probably would you know it's like so there are times to deal with issues very openly biblically uh, fantastic but then there are times and I talked to Mike about this and I like the way he thinks he's very strategic in hey I also want to look at during the year you know the nature of God I think it's important to look at, Um, spiritual disciplines, for want of a better word, let's look at prayer and worship, let's look at sharing our faith, let's look at the cross and forgiveness, and there's so many things, but from time to time, let's just deal with raw humanity, and where is God in the midst of all of that? So, you know, we're we're dealing with uh, anxiety, hopefully it hasn't made you anxious, but it's actually a sense of there is a way forward. For, to find that there is insight in the Bible, that says something, that God's not, oh, let's sweep all of the messy stuff under the carpets, let's bring it out. And whether it's people in the Bible or the Apostle Paul talking openly about anxiety, saying, be anxious for nothing, um, but in everything through prayer and supplication, present your requests uh, to God. And you know, we've hopefully by now, if you've been here for a, a few weeks, you'll notice that... Uh, Anxiety is part of being human. We all experience anxiety. It's common. It's understandable. It's natural. Before an exam, uh, do you remember going for your, your driver's license? Oh my goodness! You know, at, at a pretty young age, you know, there was a lot of pressure. Uh, if you go to the dentist, some of you just go, "Oh, easy as." Um, For me, it's the night before I start feeling a little anxious and I can actually hear just the sound of the drill and, you know, it's a bit of a thing. And then it's a relief afterwards, it wasn't that bad and I I can wait for another year before you have to go through that again. So, you know, that sort of stuff is fine. Sometimes we feel a bit of adrenaline, anxiety if you go to a theme park and it's sort of a mixture. It feels hard to differentiate between just raw adrenaline, awesome and Oh, I don't like heights or I don't like speed, but I would do it anyhow. So sometimes it's actually fun. Uh, but, you know, for Australia, anxiety as um, that goes beyond just the everyday stuff. For, for people, where it becomes at a level of intensity and it, it can just debilitate, it is the most common form of mental health issues in Australia. We're probably close to depression, then there are other... Issues like psychosis and schizophrenia and other things like that that are very debilitating. But for anxiety, particularly 21st century, our pace of life and everything, it's like, is there any wonder that we're probably a little more anxious than thousands of years ago, where the main anxiety was, I hope I don't get eaten by a bear or a lion, or I hope the neighboring village don't raid us, or whatever it is. Uh 21st century is very complicated, and for some of us, we're just a little bit more vulnerable and a little bit more perhaps sensitive and can get quite overwhelmed. And as you can appreciate with something like anxiety, there are so many causes, and some very common understandable causes would be any form of trauma, whether it's as a child or at our age now, so whether it's physical, emotional, sexual, you know, experiencing trauma not surprisingly, can lead you into a place of vulnerability where you become very anxious and your brain is on high alert all the time. For people coming back from deployment, war, Afghanistan, wherever it is, you can imagine no wonder they experience uh, you know, nightmares and cold chills and panic attacks and vulnerable to depression and self-harm and the list goes on. And then there's issues that have been around for a long time uh, bullying. Now, I don't know about you, I got bullied a little bit, but it wasn't too bad. But one thing, when you're living in the 60s or 70s getting bullied, at least when you got home, you had you had a break. On the weekend, you had a break. When, you, when it was school holidays, you had a break. Uh, not today. For people, particularly young people, children, bullying is 24-7. I got to know a family in Sydney, and it's a dramatic case, but you, uh, I think you'll appreciate where this couple and their daughter was coming from. She was getting bullied, like a lot of people at school, but it was getting very nasty, to the point that she went to a very high place in uh, in Sydney, a cliff, and jumped off. At the cliff, there are signs everywhere about lifeline, and there's always a way forward, but uh, she survived. No one has ever survived the drop. She survived uh, several months in hospital, and obviously, when she came out, there was a lot of therapy. Eventually, she was back at school, maybe a year later, back at school. The bullying continued. Because now they took it to another level, saying things like, You are so pathetic, you can't even kill yourself. She dealt with that for about a week or two, and then um, the family found her at home, and she was successful the second time. She experienced unbearable levels of anxiety and torment and depression, that the only way to relieve the pain was to take matters in her own hand. So so that's a level of um, torment that many people are experiencing today. Now, as I share that, you know, different things like trauma and chronic illness and things, you know, maybe for some of us, it's like, yeah, I can appreciate it, but it's not, I can't relate to it personally. Well, the last message in the series is something that we can all relate to, and that is the anxiety about decision-making. Again, looking at us in the 21st century, there's never been a time we have had so much information at our disposal, like constant information, uh, opportunities, options, decisions, that it is just, we are just on all the time. The moment we c- Wake up, it's just decisions, decisions, decisions. But before we look at anxiety and decision-making, I thought we'll have a little bit of fun as well as just get a little bit of uh, self-awareness and a time of reflection. So let's look at our styles of decision-making. So I'm, I'm going to make this very broad and in a moment I'm going to show ask for a show of hands and to make it really clear, there is no right and there's no wrong. Okay, so for those of, I just, I don't want you to be anxious about being the only one that puts up your hand for a particular thing, but think about decision-making. Are you more, you follow your gut, you know, intuition, feelings, or do you follow your head? So just a show of hands if you're more, you follow your gut, you're more of an intuitive feeling, yep. So, okay, I have I, probably a little less than half, and I'm assuming everyone else, uh, if you're alert... Uh, if you have a pulse, uh, I'm assuming the rest of us we follow our head. We, uh, you, you might even have lists. You might have pros and cons. So you know that's a style of decision making. And I know it depends on the type of decision. Whether it's a breakfast cereal, do I choose this one, this one? or my gut says. Sometimes your gut can we can be misled. But you know, I'm talking probably more those defining big decisions. Then the second one, when it comes to decision making, are you more slow and you take your time or you're one of those people just you just make it so a, a show of hands and I, I'm putting my hand up hopefully I, I'd feel really anxious if I'm the only one and I'm not saying I'm slow or we're slow but when it comes to decision making we just like to take our time anyone a little yeah you like taking your time that's quite again it's almost 50 50 the rest of you you're very decisive you didn't make the decision you're not second guessing yeah so no right or wrong it's just that sometimes we, for those of us on one side, you know, we might look at, so I'm more a slow pace when it comes to decision making. I might look at people at faster. oh, yeah, but they're impulsive. And it's actually not true. Or people who follow their gut and, you know, people that follow their head, oh, people that follow their head, they're just so logical and safe and conservative and blah, like Spark or whatever and vice versa. I'm so glad that when I met my wife, Karen, we were very different when it came to decision making. She's a lot more decisive, she can make decisions fast. Because if I met someone like me, we'd still be engaged. <laughs> we would be doing all these pre-marital courses and all, I think, I think you're the right person, yeah, it'd be. So I told you we'll have a little bit of fun. No, 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 let's get serious. So let's look at anxiety and decision making. And I just want to illustrate for a moment what it was like living in the 60s as a child. Now, I can't, I wasn't an adult, but as a child, if I look back, I'm not saying they were the good old days, because we had, um, not that I remember it and was aware of it, but there, there was a lot of tension between uh, the USA and Russia, USSR back then. There was a threat of nuclear war and a number of times, there was a Vietnam War, there was um, civil rights stuff going on in the States and South Africa and all, all sorts of stuff. But as a kid, you know, I, I didn't really watch the news. I do remember the man landing on the moon. That, that was a pretty good deal. But when it came to decision-making, this is what it was like. Do you have white bread or brown bread? No multigrain brown, just, just brown. No seeds, no uh, omega-3s added to the white. It was like two or three brands. It was white or brown. That was it. Sourdough didn't know what sourdough was. Multigrain didn't know what it was. Wholemeal white. So there is one example. When Lee, uh, when Lee's. when jeans became popular, you know denim they haven't been around forever. Um, it was Levi's or Lee, dark blue denim, light blue denim, or black. That was it. Two brands, maybe three colours. No, no tears, no fading, no stone wash. Whatever. It was just that or that. White or brown bread, Lee's, Levi's. Listening to the radio, as probably more in my early teens, living in Sydney, 2SM was the main radio station. Listening to 2SM on my transistor radio. If you don't know what a transistor radio is, you have to go to a museum and it'll be there somewhere. But it was this little transistor radio. I could either, on AM, there was no FM, it was 2SM, or... I think in my early teens, 2WS came into being because 2S7 had a monopoly. Well, how many radio stations can people listen to now? And then you've got Spotify and everything else. TV, we'll finish with this. Channel 10, Channel 9, Channel 7, Channel 2, that was it. And Channel 2, um, I wasn't into Doctor Who, I hope you don't feel less than me. So really it was 10, 9, 7. I think Brady Bunch was on Channel 10. And Lost in Space, Get Smart, I think it might have been Channel 7. It, dun, 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 dun. And, and again, it was just, I'm not saying they were the good old days, but there was just less information available, less opportunities, and less choice. And now today, today, it's, uh, it's a slightly different pace. So let's look for a moment at decision-making Fear. For many people, making it's not just making a decision whether it's a gut, the head. It's this this fear, this fear of here is a decision. I believe God's saying whether it's you know from here, from here. But what will people think? How will this impact people? Uh, what will people say? And I remember as a pastor, we were going for a few years. It was a church called Beachway, right, Scarborough Beach. We had a couple who were our associate pastors. And we felt uh, discerning, and probably a little slow, because I was uh, the lead pastor, so a lot of decisions were very slow, and oh, I want to be right, and I don't want to offend people. We we felt led by the Lord to start a new church in Cottesloe. And so over a period of time, uh, there was this couple and a group of about maybe 20 people that said, we're going to leave Beachway, we're going to start this new thing, so we had the Like this ordination celebration, it was all fantastic. I thought, wow, it was a big decision. This is awesome. At the end of the service, someone came up to me and said, "Uh, Rob, I'd just like you to know the implication of the decision you made. I've got a 14 year old daughter. There's only one other girl her age. She's now going to the other church that you planned to. So I just want to let you know that my daughter is very unhappy, and because my daughter's unhappy, We are very unhappy. You have ruined our family. And it was like, I knew it. That's why I don't like making decisions because even though it might be the right decision, I really... um and I've had work, I'm doing work in this area, but I like to please people. I like everyone to be happy. But you know, um, when it comes to leading a church or any organization, there are times you have to make decisions, and some people aren't going to be happy. Well, we're living a time where more and more there's this sense of this fear, because there's more awareness, uh, there's more you can find out what sort of decision this person's made, because it's all on social media and it's just all going everywhere and it's like. But there was another time I made a decision. Not as an adult, but as a teenager. Year 10, I'm with this group of um, mainly guys. We're all learning to you know, ride skateboards because skateboarding come from California, gone all over you know, America. It finally came to Australia, and there was a choice. You could have, it was only one brand, Surfer Sam, and you could buy a red one or a blue one. I went for the blue, apparently red's faster. I knew I should have got the red one, but anyhow, decision or two. So we, after school, living in the Blue Mountains, if you know the Blue Mountains, some really big hills. we are all got scars, and you know, it's, it's great. But after a while, lunchtime with these guys, they're talking more and more in a very degrading way about girls, the girls that they have conquered. And there was just a time as a Christian young guy, I just... We didn't have a discussion. I just thought, I don't want to listen to this anymore. So one lunchtime, I found another group. And it was about a week later, which is a bit of a shame that someone noticed that I wasn't there. And just said, hey, Rob, I haven't seen you. I said, yeah, I'm just with this other group. And I said, cool. And that was it. Typical guy conversation. Yeah, cool. Whatever. But it was one of those moments I made a decision. With a sense of fear, oh, what would they think? And, but then it was, no, but this is right. I don't want to listen to young men talk about women that way they were. So that was like, oh, think for a moment. You have made a decision knowing it was right, but that battle on this is going to hurt people. I am going to be misunderstood. I am at times going to be misrepresented, but I'm going to make the decision. We are making, they estimate, I don't know how they come up with these figures. I heard one stat on thoughts, that they say we have somewhere between seventy and 80,000 thoughts a day. We just, every second, thoughts, thoughts, thoughts. Out of those 80,000 thoughts, they say roughly, we we are making consciously, subconsciously, about 35,000 decisions dealing with those thoughts. I have no idea if it's accurate. It probably isn't. It's probably more around 34,000. But anyhow, let's uh, But let's just say every day we are making hundreds and thousands of decisions. More so today than in previous generations because of technology, social media. Is it any wonder there are times we suffer with decision-making fatigue? It's just like, oh! You know, there are times you just, can I just have a moment where I don't have to make a decision, which actually just made a decision but you know I just want to get off the treadmill have you had times where whether it's husband wife or son said oh what do you want for dinner it's like, can you decide I'm so tired of making decisions surprise me just it is. but the moment the alarm goes it starts for us decision snooze another two minutes or just get up and then from there you might have your morning routine it could involve exercise having a shower Um, breakfast whatever it is and it's just decisions decisions it's starting already and then you know if you're driving to work particularly people in big cities they're in traffic for say let's two to three hours a day you imagine the decisions going on about lights which lane and cutting off and should I beat no that guy looks scary and all these decisions 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 about family decisions about what to wear and you know I just think, just have one pair of jeans, my goodness, you know, just have blue and black, and it'll make life so much easier. And so, it, is there any wonder there are times we just go, oh, so there's fear, there's fatigue, it's just like, ah, but this is a world we live in. So what I'd like to do now is turn slightly and look at perspective of decision making. This is a world in, we can't jump off the bus. This is the world we live in. It's learning to manage. It's learning to be strategic and wise. But let's look at perspective. We are making decisions every day. But I just want to take some pressure off. But not every decision is big. Not every decision is life-threatening. Some decisions have incredible consequences. The first funeral I spoke at, was for a young adult in our church who was killed by a drunk driver. He made a decision. Maybe his mates also made a decision. Oh, he'd be right. Um, maybe they challenge him. I don't know. But this young guy in his 20s, 30s, made a decision. I reckon I can drive, though I'm intoxicated. It cost a girl in our church her life, her family. So I've seen, we've all seen the consequences. I just want us to take the pressure off. Most of the decisions we make every day, yeah, good versus good, really good versus really, really good, good versus great. I mean, just let's just not every decision is huge, only some decisions are. Another perspective be grateful that we are living in a city. In a time that we have choices, there are some people now who cannot relate to the stress that we experience because we drive to work. you got a car? We go to the supermarket, you got a supermarket? What am I going to wear? What, you've, you've, you've got more than one outfit? We are so privileged... And I asked myself, when was the last time I thank God, even though at times it causes anxiety, God, thank you that I am in a situation where I have choices. Another perspective, we don't have to make every decision alone. Now, if it's about breakfast cereal, I don't know if you need to wise counsel, I don't know if you need to go into therapy, but there are some decisions we're feeling anxious about, well... Go to someone that you know and trust. They're not a yes person. They're not going to make the decision for you. They're not going to be the problem solver, the Messiah, but a person that you could share your situation with, and they listen attentively. They don't make the decision, but, oh, have you thought of this? Have you considered this? What do you think God is saying? So they bring it back to you. Or they listen to everything, and they say this statement, and it's just, oh, clarity. Clarity. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 15. Fools think they need no advice, but the wise listen to others. Get other people involved if you're feeling there's a level of anxiety. I don't know what, it's right. Just share it with others, get perspective, get them to pray. But God has also said, hello, you've got a big decision, mate, you can talk to me. I've got this book, It's 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 a bestseller, it's called The Bible. And if you you were to read it and and pray and seek my counsel, I will give you, whether you follow your gut, your head or a bit of both. Holy Spirit's involved in both. Gut, head, slow, fast. Bring in the Spirit of God and say, God, what is the right thing at this time? Proverbs chapter three, five to six, reading from the message trust God from the bottom of your heart don't try to figure out everything on your own listen for God's voice in everything you do everywhere you go he's the one who will keep you on track I really want this time to be just okay validate stress fatigue but perspective not every decision's big We've got friends, we've got a community that we can share some of our challenges and have people praying for us and praying for wisdom. We have God himself, his word, this unfair advantage over anyone else on planet earth. As followers of Jesus, we have this resource. I want to finish with a story about a defining decision-making moment found in Acts chapter 15. And the book of Acts in the New Testament, so it's following, you know, the Gospels, which is a biography of the life of Jesus. Then the book of Acts, which follows that, is really the, um, the life of the church. What does it look like when people who are followers of Jesus are filled with the Holy Spirit with this commission to go into all of the ancient world and to preach and demonstrate the Gospel? Around right about chapter 15, there's obviously a time in the life of the church where there was incredible tension. Because the first few months, or maybe the first year or so of the church, most people becoming followers of Jesus were Jews. So they've gone from Judaism into now being radical disciples of Jesus. But for a lot of them, that when they become followers of Jesus, they don't let go of all of the customs to do with Judaism, they, they, they're probably still washing a certain way, you know, observing certain laws, eating certain foods or not eating certain foods. Uh, but then there were some really hardliners who said, I've noticed there are Greeks and Italians, people who are not Jews, becoming followers of Jesus. And we believe before they become followers of Jesus, they need to be Jews. I know, it's just how it was back then. So in other words, if you're a man... You're Italian, Greek, whatever. You need to be circumcised before you can be a disciple of Jesus. Women and children, you need to eat these foods, not eat these foods. You need to pray at this time and not at this time. And you need to observe all of these washing regulations. And so there was a debate. Should a person who's not a Jew become a Jew in order to be a follower of Jesus? There was some uh, very significant people there. There was Paul and Barnabas. We call them apostles. There was Peter. There was James. People who were going outside of Jerusalem and noticing there's a revival happening out there. There are all these men and women and young people becoming followers of Jesus. Are we to now tell them that you've got to now also follow all of the laws of Moses? So this this potential for a, a church split... And after hours and hours of discussion, James, who was the key leader of the church, said this in Acts chapter 15, verse 28. For it has seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us not to lay on these people, who are not Jews, no greater burden than a couple of issues to deal with morality. That's it. Circumcision, tithing, eating, eating. bacon, whatever it is, you guys sort it out. We are saying as the church, you don't have to become a Jew in order to be a follower of Jesus. And here is the way they describe the process in their decision making. It seemed good. I just think that's, it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. May not have heard the audible voice of God Lots of dis- uh, discussions and lots of stories and this is what we've heard and why do you believe this and where is that coming from and what would Jesus, what would Jesus do and all this other stuff. And then at the end of it all, just, oh, it just, seemed, just let them know that it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. <sighs> Don't you feel a statement like that just takes all of the pressure, all of the anxiety, all of the tension, yeah, it seemed good seemed good to the Holy Spirit that I should marry Karen yeah it seemed good that we should start a church yeah it seemed good that we should have a couple of children yeah it seemed good that we should go on holidays to this place oh it actually seemed good that we were to leave the church because I think yeah there's just a time I yeah I just haven't heard an audible voice but just seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us I don't know about you. I can do that. I can, I can do that. Last point I want to make. God is bigger than our bad decisions. We are all, well, we have all made really bad decisions up until now. We could go around now and say, okay, let everyone tell their story. Worst decision ever. We've, we've all made them. We're going to make them. Even as followers of Jesus, we at times make silly, crazy decisions. God is bigger and he can redeem our bad decisions and turn things around. And there must be times he's just go, oh, Rob, oh, Rob, but I'm, I'm. I'm going to redeem this. I'm going to turn this around, and my. It, that's not the way I was leading you, but it's okay. You know, the whole equilibrium of the world, the universe is not. You know, it, it's not in jeopardy. God is bigger than our bad decisions, but I don't know about you, because basically we have two teachers: wisdom or consequences. I've made lots of decisions where it was, (laughs) I got the consequences. I want to make more decisions in my later part of my life that's based on wisdom and not just, well, Rob, I'm going to teach you through consequences. Let's bring our decisions, the big, the small, to God in prayer now. Our Father God, we thank you that you're a God of wisdom that you guide us into truth. And even when we blow it and make crazy, stupid, reckless decisions, Lord, you, you redeem, you are bigger. For those of us now, over the coming days and weeks, we have some really big decisions to make. Will you speak through us, through your word, through this community, that you will guide us and lead us that you'll take that tension and that that anxiety and that we can follow your lead and say something like, it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to me or us. That you give us a confidence in our decision making and that you'll help us make decisions that impact this nation in a very, very positive way. That we see your kingdom come We see justice. We see your goodness through the decisions that we make. We commit all of these things in your name.
0: Amen. We really hope you got a lot out of this message. If you live in the Perth area, we'd love for you to join one of our live experiences. For times and directions, as well as information, head to our website, elevatechurch.me. For those of you beyond the Perth area, we'd love for you to connect with our online experience, which is every Sunday via YouTube and Facebook Live and on demand immediately after. And to partner with us to reach more people by giving financially, head to our website elevatechurch.me and also download our Elevate Church AU app.